Good day, ladies and gentlemen. We are back from the Stan Sportscast. We are here for episode four, and we're continuing with the series of reviewing sports movies and sports talkies. I'm joined today by my co-podcaster, Benilo Pepsi Bubusani. Pepsi, say hi to the people and tell them what we are doing today. Yo, yo, yo! What's up, guys? Uh, it's Benilo Bubusani here. Um, this week, as Sandy said, we're going to review. Um, the documentaries and movies that have um, shaped the sporting world, um, I'd like to think. And we're going to review one of my personal favorites, um, Hansi, the movie called Hansi. Um, it's a story about Hansi Kronier and um, the British and Irish Lions tour to South Africa of 2009. So yeah, um, funny enough, um, with this week's um, episode, the documentary is one of Sandy's favorites and the, the the movie is one of my all-time favorites so yeah it's going to be an interesting chat today so yeah listen up yeah no definitely going to be an interesting one you know um like you said the, the the documentary i was watching it last night and wow like the emotions and everything like that you know it was it's a very good documentary um yeah i'll put it up there you know because it's also a rugby documentary so yeah it's quite it's quite interesting how we didn't start with our favorites in terms of last week yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we are here, we are here. Um, so in terms of Hansi, can you tell us about why this is your favorite and why it's so fun to you? And like, what's it all about, you know? So with Hansi, it's about um, Hansi's career as a, as a cricketer um, from the from his high school days, back mm-hmm. at Grey, Grey, um, Grey Blue to be exact, and how he went on to professional cricket and became captain, and was actually captain of um, the 99 side that um, went to the World Cup and bowed out in the semi-finals. So with Hansi, it's a very, it's a very um, interesting movie. Um, it looks at how he, how he went through his match-fixing scandal and what happened during that time and his, his period of his life and um, how he was a believer. And yeah, just it's, it's basically a biography of his life and um, what he went through and how he overcame it and yeah it's really a good movie i really like it and it also looks at how sports is so powerful again and it reiterates why sports is so powerful especially in south africa um mm. and how sport can unite us so it also looks at our transition as from post um, um pre-apartheid to post-apartheid so it's very it's a very good movie i'd, it's, I'd highly recommend it yeah no definitely definitely and I, and I think to add on to like what the movie itself speaks about it also speaks about money within sport you know as a general yeah, thing, you yeah. know, because it focuses around um Hansi's match fixing scandals which happened mm. i would say from a period on about 96 to about 2000 around about there yeah and yeah, yeah. like with the whole in like with the whole i think it was the indian um betting market basically and within cricket yeah. and all of that which is which is very interesting and you know like i was actually 
before this, I was actually watching this other documentary on Hansi's life, you know, um, and it was very interesting to actually look at the whole, the whole, like, his whole life, but from a different perspective. Because what I found yeah, from yeah. the movie Hansi is that it looks at everything from Hansi's perspective. You know, Effective, it looks yeah, at, yeah. It looks at him, de- like, his... Like it starts with him at, at, at school, um, going out of school, getting to the national side, all of that, you know, playing war, um, becoming yeah. national captain. I think he was the second second captain after Kepler Vessels in terms mm-hmm. of after um, readmission in terms of for, for South African point of view. Um, so that was like something that was a big thing, you know. And he was someone who also like believed a lot in, in, in people in uniting people was a very good like uh, was highly recognized as a very good leader you know within the dressing room with yeah. the general south african public well loved and stuff like that you know so yeah, yeah it speaks a lot about the money within the sports and, and yeah. greed greed is probably 100 percent sum it all up in, definitely yeah and actually for me watching the movie again it actually has like a deeper meaning to it as well and the sort of like um patronism if i'm right if i'm, mm. I'm not sure mm. if i'm using the correct word but i'm, I'm sure i am um yeah, patronism and looks at how and in how and it looks at how he actually loves his country and how he he told he, he told the commission of inquiry that yes he took money yes he was in contact with um, indian bookmakers and that um yes he did receive calls from these guys but at the same time he never threw a game even if he told his oaks listen we're going to throw this game before the match but when the moment he was in the game i think it was that rush and that adrenaline that told him nah listen we're not going to throw a game um we are winning no matter what um and he actually did that and you know and for me if you look at it from a perspective of the government it was going to be a thing of what if we never caught this guy you know Mm. Was he ever going to throw a game? And was he ever going to not tell anyone? You know, so it was it was a very interesting um, movie to watch once again, especially when you're older, um, because there's there's a deeper meaning to the movie, especially when you're older. You understand the words that are being said and mm. the interpretation of the words and everything. So yeah, I think I think it's a great movie, man. Like overall, oh. I. I want to ask you something before like, you get into I think you were narrated there. You know. um, yeah. Do you think that he didn't overthrow a match? Like, I mean, of course, he's, he's said numerous number of times and stuff like that, you know, that like, no matter how much I've dealt with the devil at the end of the day, you know, I didn't, I didn't mm. sacrifice or put my country's reputation in jeopardy by you know, throwing away a game for money and anything like that. Do you think that there's a chance that it, it may have happened and it's one of those things that you probably would never admit, um, you know, as a, like as a result of who he is in terms of his patronism and stuff like that because you can, yeah, yeah. You can imagine what um, that's, that, that, that guilt and that, what, what like, all of that, all of that, um, that pressure can have on you and stuff like that and, I mean, you, you've dealt with the devil. You've danced with the devil. Um, do you think you yeah. could have danced for longer and danced for a higher price? I think. I think in terms of um, the period of let's say '96 to 2000, um, mm. maybe he didn't throw a game because um, 
you, you you never really know but prior to that we don't know you know maybe these bookkeepers have have, have had him since 93 you know mm. and you'll you, you'll never really know if he never actually threw a game you know so the, the I, i know that the investigation started from let's say from 95 to you know so um, throughout well the investigation started in like 99 2000 and about then you know 99 2000 and when the whole scandal actually came out in in, in india that um was this because what happened was that um just to give um, um, like more backstory and more depth to what we're talking about at the moment is that in i think it was like 2000 2000 tour so that was 2000 tour of or 2001 i'm not sure of india um mm-hmm. within that you know he made up with he made up with um someone who's like someone who's big into some of the sporting world and stuff like that and through all of that contact i think he was also given a cell phone and, and stuff like that yeah, and through all yeah. of that contact it actually came out because apparently the police were, fo- were following this guy you know tracking his phone recording his phone and stuff like that and through that apparently yeah. they found out that he was actually um in dealings with or what that Hansi was actually in dealings with with this known criminal and stuff like that you know and then it yeah. all came out the tapes that they had tapes and stuff like that you know um yeah so i think you really like oh yes it carry on as to whether you think he he may have actually thrown an away game yeah we can't we can't entirely believe that he didn't throw away a single game yes he was a hero and he had a lot at stake you know um as a leader as one of the captains um that saw us transition you know he was he was he, he was up against the likes of Franco Pino you know and um is it some yeah, yeah yeah mm. so like he was he was up with with those guys so like to let down a a country you know it's a, it's some sort of treason as much as we won't be seen as treason in the eyes of law when it comes to sports but it's like some sort of treason for us sport lovers So yeah we we will never know if you really threw a game mm. but mm. at the at, at the same time you still can't take away the fact that he was an exceptional leader an exceptional cricket player and that he actually went through with um us being like um the best one day international team mm. the best test team and beat and, and and beating india on 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 home soil so it's a it was a it was a big it was a big a big 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 um story um during that time especially the transition because I I I'd like to feel like it's one of the one of the first stories that we saw as like a, a huge a huge a huge um what's it called um standpoint in, in terms of um South African sports is considered mm. um yeah and then i mean that definitely i definitely agree with all that you're saying you know i mean I, the reason i asked the question is that going back to i think i mentioned it earlier that the documentary that i was watching on hansi um what was same story how it looks at it from a different perspective because it looks at it um, i think they interview a couple of journalists they interview one like a cricketer who's someone who was who shared the, the dressing room with hansi and then most interestingly they interview one of the bookmakers the, one of the people mm. that was in actual contact with um with hansi and his name is marlon aronstam you know the person mm-hmm. who basically for better way of putting it created that mm-hmm. um 
that that, that test match in, in, in Centurion, the the, the, the the whole jacket yeah. test match, you know. Um, mm. And he was speaking about like how, like in, in, in different instances, you know, you know how the, okay they mentioned the whole '96 incident, whereby um, the team was offered, the whole team was offered two hundred thousand dollars by MK Gupta, you know, to to throw a yeah. match, you know. Um, and then, like, so Hansi like thought about it and was like, okay, no wait, I'm gonna take this up to the team, you know. And they had a team meeting yeah. and they actually discussed it, you know, to the point where they actually considered considered taking this bribe um, to be able to fix the match, you know. And then eventually, yeah. I think, I think it's the the coach at the time, I forgot his name. He he's also in the documentary, also speaking about how he got into the meeting very late. And as soon as he heard of it, he was like, "Nah, dog, don't do this shit. Like, you know, don't do all of this stuff. I'm, I'm totally against it and stuff like that, you know." And then apparently, a few players after that meeting it ended had stayed behind and stuff like that, you know, and continued yeah, yeah, the conversations yeah, yeah. because they were trying to see if they could get more money out of the out of the result, basically, or out of yeah. the offer at the end of the day, you know, and. Yeah. As it did speak again with NK Gupta, I think I think it's reported that he he went back to him and asked for three hundred k, and then it was five hundred. Um, was it five hundred? I heard three hundred. It was five hundred. Five hundred k. Because okay. in the movie, in the movie they talk about five hundred. Um, just trying their chances because Herschel Gibbs was like, "Hey, dude, why don't you just try a chance? Just to like, just for the fun of it." Now this is before Herschel's time, I think. This what is ninety six. This, this is ninety six. No, 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 it was John T. Rhodes, sorry. It was, it was yeah, John T. Rhodes. Sorry. Yeah, it probably was John T. Rhodes, yeah. yeah. You know, it was John T. Rhodes. Or that's the thing. I think the number that I'm getting from is in US dollars, but I'm not sure if, if it's different. But yeah, whatever amount it, it, that is, um, MK Gupta was like, huh, um, that's too much money, you know. Um, and then tried to like soften the blow, like, um, decrease it a bit, and then it was like, nah. So this morning, Arnstam is like, we don't know at the end of the day if within that 200,000, if Hansi had taken that money, you know, if any other players in the team had taken that money, the players that had remained behind within the team meeting and stuff like that, you know, they're things that you could say that Hansi has taken to his grave and like the only people that know are the people that were there and the people that he was dealing yeah. with and stuff like that, which is basically why I was doing up the question as to do you think that he actually has or had thrown away a game, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. And to go more in depth with with the movie, it just it just shows how um, there was in, in the movie there was this little boy who looked up to Hansi so much, and I think this is what. Um, athletes in general across the board whatever sport you play um so some of them know this but a lot of them underestimate the power that they have you know mm, this little true. light he was looking well, was, was was looking up to hansi and he met hansi and he got his signature and he got his jersey and this light he grew up and he's still looking up to hansi and wants to play professional cricket just like hansi and Hansi's story broke out of match fixing and this thing literally broke the slide it broke him you know um yeah basically the point that i'm trying to say is that um a lot of responsibility is it, it, it lies in the hands of a lot of sports heroes and not 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 to say because you're a captain or you're a figurehead or whatever you are whatever mm-hmm. brand you are but the fact that some, that some lighty out there that's always watching like 
that's what we all should we all should take one day is that um whatever you do just know that there's someone watching out there mm. you know there's someone who's taking inspiration there's always someone watching so yeah um i think it that, that basically that's what i'm trying to say that sports um it has a lot of it has great responsibility you know it does um, it yeah. does and i think i think too i think more recently i think sportsmen are more like are aware of 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 the responsible social responsibility for a better way of putting it that they have you know yeah. um the influence yeah. that they have on like on 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 children growing up you know and i think that is evident in them creating their own brands you know um yeah. Yeah. you look at for instance i'm making an example with with how the nba and how things like shoe shoe sponsorship is a big deal you know um and attaching like someone's name to a shoe like for instance KD is having this shoe LeBron having this shoe um Steph having yeah. this shoe so like i mean you have a kid that's growing up wherever they are you know and they wearing KDs and they and they emulating KD because you know it's one of those things you know i even know for instance back in high school i know someone who who idolized Daniel Carter you know he tried to play like Daniel Carter even the way he kicked for pulls and stuff like that and whatever Daniel whatever boot Daniel Carter would wear he would get that boot you know type of vibes you know that's the influence that you have on 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 children you know um and i think that was a, a that was a very touching story in terms of part of the movie you know giving the narrative and the effect that it has because at the end of the day the movie because it was following hansi it also didn't give much perspective of the general public of how hansi was genuinely received and respected and loved amongst the general public and that little boy his story or following his story just gave i would say some form of light to how much he actually meant to people how much he meant to the general public how much he meant to people growing up in cricket people of color and all of that you know i think that was a very yeah. touching a touching aspect in terms of bringing it into the movie and giving that aspect whereby you have someone who's representing the general public yeah yeah, yeah. you've got a very good point there and as well with brand association as well i remember i used to look up to psps i used to look up to all these guys and whatever brand they like especially um with um beast as well i remember when he got his brand alignment with um big you know i only used yeah. to buy big pants for school you know <laughs> big station like you know the beast used this but little did i know that big also used um also had the shaving the shaving equipment yeah, as well shaving, like yeah. the blades and everything So I thought now nah, you know what beast he signs with this he, he writes with this he's doing it live he always has a pick so I also must also have a pick so yeah you're right with, with, with brand association as well it gives mm-hmm. kids a thing of a you know um it just shows also as well that the the brand association is working you know because yeah, um, all these kids want only that shoe even if you give that I didn't know I don't want that Adidas shoe I want a Nike shoe by yeah. KD I want yeah. that you know so yeah um Yeah, it again reiterates the, the the power that sports has, and yeah, and sports stars have as well. No, no, definitely. And I mean, keeping into cricket, I, I want to ask your opinion. You know, of the um, the sandpaper sandpaper gate, I think it was called at the end of the day. You know, the incident with with um, <laughs> who's that? Oak, um, Cameron Bancroft. So Cameron Bancroft, right? It was Cameron Bancroft. Yeah, yeah, I think it was Cameron him. Yeah, Bancroft, it was him. Yeah. It was him. The incident with Cameron Bancroft in the third test 
South Australian tour of South Africa in Cape Town where I think it was the third yeah, day of the test yeah. where the cameras picked up that he had something um, that he used to fake a ball, you know, just later found out that it was a piece of sandpaper and all of that. What do you think is like? What do you think is like? I mean, of course, this is a bad incident, but like matching it up to like the incident with the Hansi and and and, and match fixing, like where would you rank that, and how is the situation different to anything from your perspective? And I'll tell you mine later. I feel I feel like okay when you're coming to compare Ansi's situation to the Australian one um Ansi's one he justified by saying that I didn't throw any games but at the same time we don't know if he threw if he threw any games so obviously um whether or not he threw a game it's still considered as match fixing and it's wrong um with the sandpaper we can never know if if, the, if these guys were paid you know what I'm saying? Because that wasn't, no one found that out, you know. It was basically an issue of, should we losing, we need to do something, and let's throw some sandpaper, you know. Mm. Um, it's tough, eh? it's, 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 it's really tough. I would say, I would say, you can't compare the two. I feel like Ansi's situation is more severe, mm. you know. Um, because it implicates it implicates um, bookmakers. It has a lot to do with sports betting. It's basically match fixing. And with with this one, as the media would tell us, is that this one is just a thing of you hoid some sandpaper or you just um, roughened up the ball just a bit, um, just to make it swing or something. But uh, other than that, I think the objective for the Australian side was to win the match. Um, yeah, I I wouldn't put the two on the same level to be honest with you. Eh? Mm. Mm. I, 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 I really would. I mean, the reason I ask this, um, I mean, firstly, I think at the end of the day, we must we must acknowledge that Hansi did accept money as much as he didn't actually fix any result. He mm-hmm. did. He was involved in match fixing. You know, there's. Yeah. I, I think it's it, it, it's 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 documented and it's come out that I think. Um, I think Boucher, I don't know if, going back to the documentary, I think there's an incident where Marlon Armstrong, um, in like says that, I think it was after that, that, um, that centurion test, you know, he says, yeah. that, uh, like, Hansi came back to him after the test and was like, yo, what else can I do for you, you know, for, in, in order to get more money, um, and he was like, you could do anything, you know, like, how about trying Boucher 3, because your batting order is, 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 is kind of boring type of vibes, and yeah, then the yeah. next thing you see on, 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 on the team sheet, Boucher's batting at 3, you know, that's also match fixing mm. in this way, yeah. and even, like, asking um, Herschel Gibbs and, and Henry Williams, you know, in the in, the, in that in that um, a match in India, to I think Herschel Gibbs to score less than twenty runs and Henry yeah. Williams to score more than fifty runs. You know, it's yeah, it's it's, it's something that you, it, it is fixing in its in its sense. As much as they didn't, um, oh, and the total for the South Africa not to be more than two two hundred seventy. I think as much as they didn't actually go ahead with the plan of gigs mm. per se. I mean. Um, Henry Williams is probably a, a different instance, and I'll explain why. Um, yeah, is is it's it's in the light of Max Fixing, you know, and I think like you, yeah. you look at how 
it's documented it enhances career basically how he wasn't he was he was such a great leader or someone who was so respected within the training room and stuff like that and the general dynamics of a cricket captain is someone who's given a lot of responsibility you know a coach yeah. i think i've said this before a coach has like responsibility but at the end of the day a lot of decisions a lot of plans a lot of things that are executed on the field are like implemented by a cricket a cricket captain you know even yeah. like contrasting it to the whole Cameron Bancroft thing i think apparently the idea came from David Warner and Steve Smith who were both captain and mm. who were both vice captain and vice captain, captain respectively at the t- at the yeah. time you know yeah. um and they influenced someone who was young and someone who was trying to cement their position within the side personally i can yeah. contrast that and put it in the same light as what hansi did to hershel gibbs and henry williams henry williams had mm-hmm. just made his debut in 99 hershel gibbs yeah. was someone who was coming into um coming into the proteus side at the time and you're looking at two players of color expensive uh, especially players of color mm. who are trying to break through in a side where you have a captain who has gone out into the public before and explicitly say okay not explicitly say but it's come out that um this person is not someone who's necessarily in favor of of, of the whole quota rules you know yeah yeah, yeah. A, 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 a more that, background yeah. on that is that like those i think Hansi was being told to play more black people and stuff like that within the sides and he yeah. wasn't necessarily happy with that he was for the whole um a player must play on merit you know all of that yeah. and it shouldn't be based on the color of your skin and he nearly i think he technically resigned for a couple of days before coming back like being being told to actually come back um at the end of the day so you've got two players of colors who are into uh, into their side um into the side and you think to buy a captain your dog I'll give you money if you score less than 20 runs and I'll give you money if you score more than 50 runs you if, if you concede more 50 runs with the ball this is Henry Williams you know and yeah. I think at the end of the day Kershaw Gibbs at the end, and in that game he scored 73 or 55 balls so he definitely didn't um apparently he accepted the the offer you know but then when yeah. it came to on the field I don't know if it was a thing of Hansi told them no don't do it anymore or he like didn't do it for whatever reason or whatever like that you know but with yeah. Williams for he was opening a bowling and he bowled <laughs> three wides into in his first over so yeah, I mean he for better way of putting it had the intentions of actually fulfilling yeah. this um this 50 run more than 50 runs conceded in your in your match you know and then you look at that influence that they had even how <laughs> funny enough I mean I, personally I found the story funny is that <laughs> Herschel Gibbs and Henry Williams are actually offered uh 25 grand 25 was 25 grand US dollars money in that and Hansi only offered them 15 and like explicitly said in the king commission you know the commission that was around the yeah, whole yeah, yeah. match like match match fixing scandal that mm. he was going to pocket 10 grand each from at the expense of the, of, of his players you know yeah 100% yeah so yeah, yeah i mean and i wanted to ask you yeah yeah so so okay and i wanted to ask you in terms of um the whole quota um 
system being introduced in South Africa at the time. Hence why I reiterated about the transition period of the movie and the documentary and when this when all of this transpired. So how do you feel about Hansi objectifying um, the quota system? Um, knowing that he's the captain and what the country's been through, how do you feel? Because for me personally, I felt like Hansi didn't have a general understanding um, of why it was... He, he had an understanding, but he didn't fully understand why um, this was being um, implemented. And another thing, um, one quote that he said was like, um, and I've heard a few coaches say that, they say, um, let politicians do what they do and let us play the game. Sports and politics don't go well hand in mm. hand. And that is very true. And he also said that he will not sacrifice his, black, his, his, his best players in the team just because of the color of their skin, which that is very valid as well. Um, but at the same time, you can't just say because if it, the, the 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 thing says the 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 quota system said at the time was that um, the purchase was or was a squad of fourteen with fourteen guys, right? Mm-hmm. So for them to implement the quota system, it means that there will be an additional three guys, mm-hmm. um, which yeah. will which will get seventeen guys, 17, yeah. and there has to be an inclusion of five black players, and that is a is a representation at the time of the country, which it really wasn't because black is the majority in South Africa. Yeah. Um, so it's it's really, yeah, well, how, how do you feel? How do you feel about him objectifying the quota system? I mean, personally, especially looking in hindsight, you know, because that's also something that you must consider is that yeah. I think he, he was probably, I think he was coming from a place of privilege you know, I mean, fair, fair, for, fair, for, for anyone who's 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 white, for a way of putting it, not trying to be racist or anything like that. For anyone who is white, you can come out and say that, oh, we can bash your quota system. I can never agree with personally because you don't know what it what it takes for you to actually make it, and you don't know what it takes for for your counterpart, someone who's of equal talent, equal. Um, abilities to be able to make it but if they have a different color skin you know and i mean yeah i'm i'm personally i'm not one who who's who's into the whole politics and migrating within sports but you must understand that at the end of the day due to the dynamics of our country and everything that has happened within our country sports and politics are going to migrate politics is going to migrate into almost everything mm. within our country at the end of True. the day and it's something True. that you must accept yeah. and something you must um you must you can't nec- i'm not going to say you must just like accept it like it yeah yeah it's it's, it's great it's great it's great type of vibe yeah, sure you can yeah, like, yeah, like yeah. disagree with it and stuff like that but i yeah. don't think you should come out publicly anything like that you know because yeah it's easy yeah. it's easy for you because like, i mean i think there's also a story about how I think John T. Rhodes has, has, has come out, I don't know if within the past year, I remember something about him coming out in the past year saying that he probably wouldn't have played half of the games that he had played if he was, like, if he had a different color skin. Or I think, I'm probably misquoting him, but I'm also paraphrasing type of vibes, you know. And he was like, yeah, saying that, yeah. um, what's this, if there was someone who, like, there were many players of color who were actually better than him in terms of batting, 
and stuff like that. You know, John Taylor mm. is probably one of the greatest um, South African fielders. So I'm not going to say that there was a fielder that was yeah. better than him, you know. But like as a batsman, someone who probably deserved um, a spot ahead of him, and he's come out and said that yes, I understand. Like I personally, yeah, I I accept and I acknowledge that I became the the player that I am today, and I played as many games as I have today. Because of the kind of, because of privilege, the end of the day, because of, yeah. I was at a privileged position. So for a captain, like especially to come out in that time, come I, don't out, yeah. I, I don't necessarily agree with it. You know, it's something that it doesn't sit well with me. Doesn't sit well with the character of the man himself. You know, yeah, um, yeah, even yeah. as a leader, even as a leader, you know, it's it's just something that generally doesn't sit well with him. Yeah, and and with. With that being said, it actually reminds me of the whole Israel Falau story. You know, mm-hmm. there's some things that you that you keep to yourself. Not saying that wh- whatever um, Israel Israel Falau has his own beliefs and um, his own values that he lives by. Okay, mm-hmm. and we can't say anything about that because that's his right of opinion. You know, and, and what his he choice, feels. His choice. He chooses. Yeah, to do it's his choice. Yeah. yeah, yeah okay, with yeah. Israel Falau, with Israel Falau and Hansi Kronier, what they need to understand was that, well, for, for Hansi, what he needed to understand at the time, and for easier what he needed to um, understand at the time, is that you can't come out um, at the time that you're in. And timing is very important when you look at this. At yeah. the time that you're yeah. in, and the years that you're living in, and just throw such comments, you know, mm. because both of you are big sportsmen, Everyone is waiting for you to fuck up and mm. and do something stupid. So and once you guys speak, the world is going to listen and they are going to hold you to account whether you're right or wrong, but how people are feeling at the time. So timing is very important as well when yeah, it comes yeah, to situations like that because back back in the nineties, race was a sensitive issue. Now when you come into the twenty first in, in in like the the late it's not starting from twenty ten up. 2010, 2010. Um, yeah. Yeah, from starting from 2010 up, um, sexual s- sexual orientation is a huge issue now, mm-hmm. and um, gay pride and everything. So it, it it becomes a problem when you come out and say things like that. Even if it's what you've been taught at home, doesn't mean that it's 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 it's, it's justified because mm-hmm. you are taught at home. Now you're coming into society and just spilling nonsense over the internet, whatever. At the time, mm-hmm. Auntie was at a press conference. I guess that was social media at the time. Yeah. You know? So like yeah, um, just to put that into, into no, I think from for... like from to link it to to the whole Israel Falau thing, I think it goes back to what you mentioned earlier that at the end of the day, as a sportsman, you must understand that you have a certain that you have a social responsibility and stuff like that. You know, um, not yeah. that I'm saying that the views that Israel Falau has are wrong or anything like that, but I think mm-hmm. after even like after the first slap at the wrist, I think he should have realized that. No, at the end of the day, um, this situation is also like it's not about me. It's not, and mm, I think that's yeah. what that's that's what the, that that <laughs> I'm saying about a lot. Um, that's what the that's what was the problem at the end of the day is that I think he meant yeah, about him and not necessarily yeah. about what he was standing for. You know, I mean, of course, you are mm, going to make it mm. about yourself when you are being victimized. But I mean, 100%. I think it's also something you just step back and understand that it's 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 not about you. It's about the situation. Not really it's about, about how it. the world is moving. You can have your own views, but mm. and you can you don't have to agree with the world views or anything like that. I'm not saying that um, 
What's the solution? But easy said was right. With, with everything that everyone yeah. says out in the world, you know, you can have your own opinion. You're entitled to your own opinion, but you must also True. have that responsibility, that social responsibility. But the thing is about now, like you have someone who is young that is probably um, what's this, who's probably questioning his sexuality, a rugby player, for instance, and they're growing up, you know, yeah. looking up to Israel Falah and stuff like that. Do you think the impact that it had, like? Him coming out and saying all of those things had to him, to his mm. mental state, to just generally how he feels about the game and everything like that. You know, it's, it's just, it's just all of that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, anything else that you wanna mention about Hansi, the movie? Um, I think, I think, um, I think, I think I'm, I'm, I'm good for now. Wait, wait, Hansi didn't have any kids, eh? Because no, along, along the movie, they don't. No, he didn't have any kids. Yeah. Uh, but he was married, yeah, when he he married in like 95 yeah yeah he was married to Berta Berta um, Grunia yeah. um, and another thing when he passed away he left he left his wife a chunk of an estate eh? <laughs> he left her with like, yeah he left her with a chunk of money and they have a <laughs> I mean, they he have, didn't get they, a lot of money yeah yeah, yeah, yeah of, course, <laughs> of, course, of course of course so he also left her. He also left her with um, a house in Fancourt Estate. I don't know if you know where Fancourt Estate is. It's in it's it's down in Jaw in George, um, in the Western Cape. Um, beautiful estate. Houses from there, just to give you guys a perspective. Houses from there range from about ten million and up. That's Whoa, that's that's a, that's a cheap. Yeah. So so Hansi was money to see it honestly. He was at Fancourt. So like, understand ah, it. You really so make it. You know, Sorry did, for these did you really men, make that just, money for cricket? They just, they just there. Uh, you have to take them. Mm. And, and what, like, and I think he's. Mind. I think that's probably one thing that's also sad about the whole Hansi story is that he passed way at a very young age because I think he was thirty when, when the whole incident happened with the plane. Oh, he was in his early thirties. Um, with, with the plane True. crash you know, and everything like that, it was investigated. Um, I think it was like one about two or six, two or seven type of vibe to see if um, it was was this, it was a murder situation because there was also whispers around the cricketing fraternity and around the cricketing world that the yeah. betting the betting side of the cricket, the dark underworld, basically ordered a hit on him and stuff like that. And yeah, yeah I think that was a very it's very really sad that he isn't. Um, generally amongst us today and we have to speak of him as as we're speaking of the dead you know yeah, true, Which, uh, it's true, a very true. very good movie definitely something we recommend uh, definitely something to think about when you're thinking about uh, immoral stance uh, rating out of 10 rating out of 10 you know it's one of my favorite movies um, but now that I think about it as um, obviously the movie was, was narrated by a person who was obviously had or was narrated in a person's opinion, so obviously mm, it mm. wasn't uh, and and from a neutral perspective. But I'll I'll give it a good seven point five. Seven point five, okay. I think I'll yeah, give it a good yeah. seven. I think it's a good movie. I remember watching it and stuff like that. And I think the pers- the perspective of the movie and the perspective of um, the narrator, like you said, is is one that yeah. that kind of puts you onto Hansi's side. You get to sympathize with him and understand everything and then when you try and put yourself or if you try and put yourself in, in his shoes you, you understand that you, went you understand a, his pain yeah you understand his pain yeah. you understand that he went through a very big moral dilemma and stuff like that you know yeah yeah um, yeah 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 
definitely would recommend it to anyone to watch definitely i would say it's one movie if you are south african cricketer especially someone who is aware of the whole sandpaper gate thing the whole sandpaper <laughs> you must watch this yeah. and understand that yeah. here's australian cricketers david moore and steve smith cameron bangtop had like they did something that was bad but one of our own in hansakun has done something worse one of our yeah. own in faf the pc has been charged for something that is similar to what similar um, to yeah, ball tampering to what, to, well. to what yeah to what bankrupt and them and have done in ball tampering you know um even though CASA didn't take the same stance as cricket australia it's it's still it's still in the, in the same ballpark basically yeah, definitely need what recommend and i would recommend that you as well as, as well pepsi watch this documentary uh-huh. I, i found it by mistake even on youtube um, <laughs> it's a bbc documentary around the whole hansi story it's called the captain versus the book, bookmaker um on okay. youtube it's i think it's someone who pirated it or anything like that but like it's, it's <laughs> split up into a, a six part series it's like nine episodes yeah. like nine minutes per nine minutes per episode very very interesting because it, it goes into depth and like i said it also it also includes marlon armstam one of the like the person who a bookmaker actually someone who yeah. is actually dealing with hansi and offering money for to do things and stuff like that you know so it's very interesting from his perspective and what he says and he i think he also mentions that at the end of the day hansi's probably our scapegoat um in terms of the mm-hmm. number of, like in terms of the captains Possible. Mm, i mean in terms of the captains in terms of the people that were in in dealings with bookmakers and stuff and actually more people we not aware of and stuff like that because i think even another journalist within that thing says um even though the like two three captains or two three people that have come out right in terms of that period of time um have with having dealing with bookmakers there's probably like close to 10 test captains who have dealt with bookmakers but their stories or the incidences have never come out you know and stuff like that it's yeah, very, yeah, yeah, very, yeah. very very interesting yeah. yeah and yeah yeah so yeah um that was the review of the movie um hansi um our hi- we would highly recommend you Definitely actually go watch it yeah. and maybe you can like drop us a dm on the fts um instagram page or on the um twitter page and tell us how you felt about the movie and how you view the movie yeah, um so should we should we move on from, yeah yeah if you have different views from us anything else you want to add on uh definitely hit us up on on our socials you know definitely talk about yeah. it we here for the conversation on to the documentary the documentary <laughs> Dude, yes. can I just say something before we start with the documentary, right? Go ahead. Uh, obviously, the both the, the both of us respectively have been and um, in rugby sides at school level mm. and provincial level, whatever level we've we've accomplished. Um, I thought I thought the coaches were just being hard on us, bruh. Like in the change room and how they speak to us and all the swearing. Mm. But when I watched this, this this documentary, I was like. Shit, this thing actually happens in like professional rugby. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. These guys yeah. even go ham like this. I was like, I thought I was the only one because like I went to Glenwood, it's like a traditional old boys school, rugby school, big. Mm, these mm. guys swear at us in the change room. They, you know, I was like, what? These guys actually go through the same thing. Trainings are the same. 
structures the same. Almost yeah. everything is the same. Yeah. And, is- and, and, and and last week we highlighted how um, professional rag- um, how school rugby is being transitioned into professional Same rugby yeah. and how it's become yeah. too serious and it makes sense because like the structures are the same yeah. in yeah. high school in school boy rugby you play in zones now you play structure you play moves okay moves mm. are simple but you play like yo dude you play like it's, bro- proper, it's broken proper. up it's very broken up like how you say it's broken up yeah. like in the 22 you do certain things in the halfway you mm. do certain things and stuff like that and I mean this also like you mentioning this it, it reminds me of interview or the FTS live interview I had with Lingisani Dube he was an under nine coach and he he, I think he mentioned that um, the way his team defended um, in the team's opposition and in their opposition and in the 22 was different in the way they tackled from the 22 to their own try line they tackled a certain way um, and then the rest of the field is a different way and this is at under nine level you know to think about imagine yeah it's, it's, it's very crazy and I think this documentary also gives, like, as a as someone who's been in a rugby space, um, who's been in like a rugby camp, you know, and stuff like that, it gives you, I don't want to say like nostalgia, but it gives you that thing of you understand everything that goes into a camp. You like, you understand everything that yeah. goes that yeah. that happens because you've also experienced it yourself. Type of vibe. You know, like true, the whole training, true. the whole coming back, the 100%. whole training with the Jets, the whole getting to know yes. each other and stuff like that. You know, the things that they do. You know, because for me, I mean, to break up that series um, on a very basic level, I think there's three phases to it. There is the introductory phase. So them, um, I'll call it the introductory phase. So that's the phase where they meet up, where they get to know each other, and then training camp, which includes the training mm. camp. Second phase yeah. is the phase of the warm-up matches. You know, them actually preparing yeah. like the the nitty creatures of the match. You know, even the video analysis of of the matches and stuff like that. Mm. You know, like the in depth, and you you actually see what it goes through. like they they go through. You know, you see what. The, the coaches go through when they're selecting sides, you know, when they talk about, I mean, they don't talk about specifics, but they have like a young snippet day, you know, where you see what happens when, whenever they're picking the side. And then the last part is the actual tests, you know, the, the part where the Lions is all about. And I mean, looking at that documentary is one that is a very good documentary in my, in my opinion, because, because I hold the lions the team itself so highly and i think it's 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 evident within the documentary because they also hold it so highly you know they hold the lions badge so highly they they i think i mean off the top of my head i could say like as a rugby player growing up in england scotland ireland or france i think you biggest yeah. achievement is probably not representing your country but playing the national the team yeah you know so it's, and for us you know you probably want to play for the spring box is like the one the thing as, as growing up you want to play for the spring box for them as much as yeah i want to play for england i want to play for ireland at the end of the day it's i want to tour with the lions <laughs> i want to tour true, with true. the lions and i think it's that i want to tour with the lions not necessarily like yes you can play that's the bonus part but you can play you can yeah but you just want to tour with the lions but touring with the lions you know saying that i've i've got a lion's bag i've got a lion's jersey because you will get a jersey mm. eventually you know yeah something that is, is, is up there with probably the most sacred things and so it, yeah it's like it's it's out of this world like you can even um if 
What do you think about, let's say, um, since the Northern Hemisphere has the Lions, mm. don't you, how, how do you feel about Sansa having a team? thing is it'll be dope think about it no 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 it will be dope don't get me wrong don't get me wrong it will be dope but my issue is that you won't have i don't think you will have i would would say you won't have the same feeling because i don't know how you can build the culture around the team you know because that's the thing with the lions is that they've got that culture and that culture is established in the lions touring team is a team that's been touring since the early 19th century you know late 19th century i think somewhere along those lines and early 20th century and all of that so you know it's something that's been going you know not that i'm saying that you can't start some you can't start a southern hemisphere lines type of team but like that tradition that culture i don't know how you can build the culture between the southern hemisphere teams because we are so different you know um you look at the general South African culture is different from the one in Australia, and that culture is kind of different from the one in in, in New Zealand. Because, New like, Zealand. I mean, for instance, yeah. in New Zealand, we have a lot of like, I mean, they're very talented, but in terms of the people that they are, they're very humble people. They're very mm, down they're very to calm. People. They're yeah. very calm people. But you look at the Australians yeah. who are you can argue they can bunch of white opposite. They completely the opposite, you know. Um, they're very arrogant. They're very cocky. They hold, they're very cocky. Yeah, they're yeah. Very, like they, they stand with they stand with their chests up high and you know chest out all of that thing, you know. And then South Africans is also a very different culture because it's diverse. We have so, it's very diverse because we have so many different cultures within South Africa. So now. Yeah, what yeah. culture and what brand does the lions have i think that's probably that would probably be the like the biggest obstacle with that team if it were to be yeah, a thing but yeah. it would be very cool it would be very cool it would be so off the cool top of your head me. give me your dream backline because it's easier to name a backline of course um your dream backline with the south african hemisphere tour or what's this well, lions team the southern hemisphere lions um science if, if, if it were to happen. If it were to happen. Um, if it were to happen. Okay. At nine, I'll put... Okay, wait, wait. It's also hold like, restrictions. South Africa, Australia, New Zealand. So, sorry, Argentina, but... Ah, fuck yeah. Argentina. No, I'm joking, I'm joking. <laughs> yeah, but... Um, okay. Um, okay. So, South Africa, Australia, and New Zealand. New Zealand, okay? yes. My number nine would be... I'd, I'd have to give it to Faf. Um, but it also works with combinations. That's the thing. Okay. No, but, but the anyways. combinations you can, you can, let's don't, leave combinations aside because you can create combinations on top. Okay. I, I can day. create you can, combinations. You can, you okay. can, like, through, through practices, through warm up games and stuff like that, you can create the combinations the same way with the Lions. They create those combinations. With the Lions, how the they top. created combinations. They don't okay, think okay, about, okay. I know. Uh, for instance, with that side, Mike Phillips is starting at 10, therefore Stephen Joseph should start at 10. You know, Mike Phillips is starting at 9, therefore Stephen Joseph should start at 10. This is that they're the yeah. two best 9, 10, combined, like 9 and 10, so they yeah. both start. Yeah. You know? yeah. So, okay, with my 9, I'll go with Faf. With my 10, I'll go with um, Barrett, Bowden. Mm. Um, my wing, my one wing, um, Can I go with Dag? Israel Dag. Is he Dag? 
he's, he's not currently playing, so you can't have him on the side. Oh, uh, I can't have. Oh, okay. Yeah, Come on, dude. same like you, you can't have like a Ben Smith as well because Ben Smith isn't playing professional um, like. I'd have. I'll I'll have one of the Yuani brothers. What's his name? Rico. The wing. Rico. Rico Yuani. Yeah, put him at one wing, and the other wing I'll put Cheslin. Um, and then centre pair I'll put. Um, your centre pair is tough. <laughs> it is tough. It is tough. Centre pair is very tough. Um, yo. Cause I know I I know I'm gonna put it fullback and I put it fullback. Who are you putting fullback? I was gonna say Israel Falau, but that, that, does that count? Cause he's, he's coming back. Is he really coming back? Cause I don't think he's playing. I hope he is. No, he's I think no, he's not coming back because he's playing league. He's, he's playing what's this rugby league for the Toronto team that's currently playing in national rugby league in England. So technically he isn't coming back. So I wouldn't say you can have. He's out of picture. Ah, uh, that's gonna be tough. Okay, center pair. I'll go with um, Tuolagi. Tuolagi. Yeah. Tuolagi is English, man. Not 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 Tuolagi. What's the Ngao Mapi? These guys Lao are Mapi. very. Nani Lao Mapi. Yeah. Nani Lao Mapi. Yeah. Ngaomapi, a good Ngaomapi, and 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 Am, um. mm. and then and then and then at fullback, fullback is very tough. Fullback, fullback, I don't know. I'll probably put I'll probably put a South African there. Like I won't even put any of the Australian guys because he's so really? shit. Ah, uh, really? really? No, no, no. I wouldn't, put, I wouldn't put it. No ways, no ways. Haland, Fasi, Rilimsa, Bosch. Okay, I'm in terms of in terms of experience, names. okay, in terms of experience, I won't put Fasi, but just for the sake that we're just fantasizing, I'll put Fasi. You put Fasi, okay. I'll tell you yeah. my team, um, my backline, and I'll tell you now. I've got it like I've thought about it kind of because I saw I saw a tweet of someone who did it or someone who made a team, so it's kind of going to be similar to that because I do agree. I think I saw nine, the tweet as well. Mm, nine, but, I'm going nine, with five. Alan Smith. Nine of David Aaron Smith. Smith. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, I think Fafok is I think, I think Aaron Smith controls a game very well, so him starting is is very good. And then okay. Fafok Bench got that energy, but also can control the game and close the game off type of vibes, you know. So Fafok at nine, okay. ten Pollard. Yeah. Okay. Ten okay. Okay. Um, I I thought of him, but I was like, nah, Pollard and Pere. Okay. I'll tell you where I'm going with this. Tall, tall, I think is the best tall okay. in in the southern hemisphere. No cap. Samu Kirevi, the Australian tall, definitely. Okay. He's way better than okay, not way better, but he is better than Gary Lamapi. Um, yeah, so I definitely have him. Thirteen, Lukanyo Am. So I agree with you on that one. Um, wings, wings is a bit of a tough one. You know? Um, it is quite. Yeah, no. One wing, I'll go for Rico Yoani. So I'll agree with you on that one. On, on number 11. 14, do I go for Chesney? I'm not going to go for any other South African winger, by the way. So, Makazole. Why? No, 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 no. Okay. <laughs> why? No, why? No, I don't oh, think. It's I don't not think like they're bad. Know. 
You. No, no, I said besides Chesney, I don't think. Oh, besides Chesney, I don't Chesney. think, think okay. Makazole, I don't think Boo, I don't think who else is there in contention. Yeah, you know, I don't uh, think those two are really. I don't really. I, they may crack the squad, but I don't think they're cracking the first test size, first test fifteen or my general fifteen. You know, yeah. Um, I'd rather like a rather have like a Wayne Bridge or. Is it Wayne Bridge? That is name, right? George Bridge. George Bridge, sorry. George Bridge. I rather have like okay. a George Bridge over Makazoli Mapimpi, you know, type of vibes. You know, I'd rather have a Dane okay. Halepedi over Spoon Corsi. You know, so yeah. Fourteen. Uh, I want to give it to Dane. I'm not gonna lie, but I'll give it to Chesley. Give it to Chesley, and then fifteen Bowden Barrett. See, so you actually gave a South African a wing. A place because you know Chesley is too much fire. Just <laughs> inspired, fire. Fire, didn't fire. I? Just inspired. Awesome. And fifteen, who's your fifteen? Bottom bat. Bottom bat. Bottom bat. Yes. Yeah. Let's let's get back straight into the into the into the, um, into the documentary. Okay. Into the documentary. Yeah. Yes. What did you think of it? Watching it, you know, as I recommended I think, it to you. To be honest with you, I didn't. Didn't finish the whole thing, but I watched like almost half, more than half of it. Mm. Um, I think it was it, it was an exceptional documentary. I feel like they documented everything. They didn't leave anything out behind. Well, what 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 I'd like to think, you know, mm. Mm. Um, they they really showed us. They went in depth into what happens when they come to South Africa and um, the CSR that they do, the corporate social responsibility they do. Yeah. Um, and 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 how like even the coach um what's it called called um what's his name um mcpenny is it mcpenny what's his name? Um, what is it mcpenny Lee of penny and checked how he was doing and he mm. told him to come back to south africa and to, to become south africa and join the team um i think it's it's very it's it's very brutal when it comes to those guys. Those guys do not love the Afrikaners. I I I, I hope they understood how much Afrikaners hate them as well. They call them so <laughs> So like yo, dude, yo, these guys don't like Afrikaners. No, they're like they yo, don't. the the Afrikaners think you guys are not the, the are, are not good. They disrespect you and all that shit. Yo, dude, they're like don't let um the Afrikaners get you. They just highlight Afrikaners, bro. Like it's mm. crazy. Guys don't like Afrikaners, but like yeah, um, I, I I really loved it. I really loved the documentary. I really enjoyed it. I think it was a very good documentary, one for the the history books. Hope I hope they make another one for twenty twenty one for next mm, year. Mm, uh, mm. See how it goes. Um, I'd really I'd, I, I'm actually like so anxious to to like see what happens um in the British and Irish Lions tour twenty twenty one South Africa. I'm very, very anxious. Um, it's going to be a huge test for the box as well. Because um, it's more or less going to be the same squad. Um, just under a new coaching um, staff. Um, with, um, well, Rossi is just director of rugby now. He just moved, one, he just moved up the notch. And, um, he was still director of rugby, but he was just also head coach. Yeah, but now obviously he fulfills one position instead of two. You know? yeah, 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 yeah. So, but so, he's still so very like, hands on. But I get what you mean. Yeah, he's still very hands on. So we don't really know if it's really Nina, but that's going to be 
in charge maybe he's there for face but we don't know <laughs> uh, but at the same time yeah i'm very i'm i'm very excited to see what 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 they can bring obviously it's going to be a new team um probably owen farrell will lead the side who knows i don't know i'm, j- I'm just making a speculation i didn't hear anything but we don't know i'm just making an exp- speculation no, it's, it's not grounded on any fact you know? so <laughs> so yeah um yeah we'll see man we'll see we'll really see can't yeah, be rory best sadly because he retired it's not rory best and alan jones <laughs> like i mean yeah to speak on the documentary itself i think it gives us a very like it gives us a very good inside scoop of the culture of the lions i think even, even the whole africana thing that you that you mentioned i think that was a strategy that was used by the coaching staff and the coaches to be able to like True. motivate and to bring out True. a form of aggression from from us as from the south african player from the from from the from the lions team you know to, to to get them to look at their opposition as opposition and not just someone i'm playing against in the match you know to 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 look at your opposition number like i'm gonna run over you i'm gonna tackle yeah. the hell out of you i'm gonna scrum the hell out of you i'm gonna jump over you and i'm gonna score over you and i'm gonna win over you and stuff like that and i think that was a tactic that was used for that and i think it was a very good documentary like it, like the way it follows everything like from from the start of it with Paul O'Connell being named the captain you know, to their to the side being picked you know the full the the full yeah. squad being picked you know with the with the coaches and all of that you know when they when they discuss it match you know i mean they don't go into depth within the documentary as to why a certain player is picked or anything like that but you do get that thing of yeah no we have this we have this guy we have this guy we have this guy this guys so like you get that insight to that which is interesting and then you get the insight from the players as well because these guys at the end of the day they just they people who play rugby so they were touring south africa but you could also see that they were here like as much as they were here to do a job they also took the time to be able to enjoy south africa you know this going out and i mean there's they they went out a couple of times to like schools and townships under Alan went with other Alan things. Polo Connell and Donka um, or Callingham Callingham I think went to, yeah. to to Soweto to Mandela's house and all of that you know you get you get the you get to experience what they go through on tour you know which is very interesting and then you get yeah. the rugby part you get the training. And you see how hard they were training, you know. I think it was Warren Gatlin who was saying um, that yeah. the, like the way that they were training, it was like it was so hard that you don't, mm. they don't even play like this in matches. They don't play this hard in matches. Yeah, 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 but those yeah, yeah. Guys which is very true. Playing, which is very true, yeah. But those yeah. guys were playing to, they were playing for their own position, and that's the thing. It wasn't the thing of people are going into the side i mean besides paul o'connell basically i would say being the captain no one technically had the spot like secured like i mean you could you could see that they're probably moving in, in, in a certain direction with a certain player anything like that you know all like with combinations tough like that like you know how and Jamie Roberts and Brian Ochoa midfield was was favoured. You know how Tommy Bird started on the wing on the left on the right wing a lot with Shane Williams and Lee Byrne at the back. You know those combinations, them building that you can you can predict the side that that is going to play at the end of the day. Yeah. But it was it was a thing of 
everyone had a chance at the end of the day you know even even how you know leading up to the first test um i don't know if you got to that part but like leading up to the first test how the how the players themselves were saying how nervous they were i think donka had had um was his, had a talk to his player cam you know talking about how he was so nervous about he was so nervous about was just making a side and like it was going to be announced later that day like everyone in the squad was just nervous because at the end of the day you want to be in that first tier side you know you want to represent that True. side you know Ugo Monia also yeah. told, spoke about extensively about how he how nervous he was and how hard he was working and how he was enjoying the toy and everything like that he was playing good rugby you know but he wasn't sure if he was going to make it so none of the guys knew and then when the side was named you could also see like the disappointment in some of the guys faces and stuff like that you know um i forgot who it was but like, you, you could see like the cameras would, would focus on them after the side was made it was named you can see this change is not named but he's heavily disappointed but it's that thing of i'm disappointed but i'm still gonna get up i'm still gonna work hard and i'm still gonna put in my everything to ensure that in the second and test match in the second and third test match i'm playing and if not I, I i help the person next to me i think even the coach mentioned it um i don't know if it was i think it was when they arrived in south africa or something like that i forgot but he mentioned that to him the greatest the greatest lion was was this other guy in the 97 to 90 yeah, I was actually going to get to it. Mm, I was going to get to it. Yeah. How he felt that the greatest line, he didn't make the first test side, but he mm. made sure that the people who were starting ahead of him were like, had, like they got everything. In terms of they were tested True. in practice, they had True. everything at, like, at their disposal to be able to have like to be able to carry out their jobs in the field on Saturday True. and stuff like that. And True. You, th- True. you think about that and you, you, you're like, wow, oh, flip goosebumps because yeah. you, know, you put yourself in, the, in, in, in your in those shoes and then like having experienced that at um at a provincial side or anything like that you like well actually what they were going through i was going through at that level <laughs> or something like that you know? yeah um, and you're like yeah. wow this is this is really deep you know it's, it's still the same rugby is is the same through the board type of vibes yeah yeah but yeah, yeah i know the culture of the lines i think that's something that we iterate over and over again Big. the culture of the lines is something that is Big. special and i think it's very huge and it, you can see it in, 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 in that documentary. You can see it in that documentary. It's, it's really great. Yeah. I don't know if you saw in the, in, in sort of like the beginning, um, if I could say, I think it's like, if I'm not mistaken, I'm, I'm really guessing here. So I'm like 10 minutes in, mm. they have got this, this form that talks about the discipline and the lateness. So basically oh, yeah. if you're late for practice, it's the 300 bucks. Thing. Yeah. Yeah, and thing is, they I I'd like to think they work in the currency of where they're touring, so it was it's it's three hundred bucks if you um late for practice if you got the wrong kit, it's mm. three hundred bucks if you I don't know talk, what's the other talk, one if you, talk, if you talk I think if you talk as well in in a meeting when you're not supposed to oh um, your phone your phone ringing your phone, phone ringing, ringing the, yes yeah phone, phone ringing phone ringing, ringing or something yes it's 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 three hundred bucks and then. If, if you dispute that, you get to roll the dice. And if you roll the dice, there's like five outcomes. I think if you roll a one, you get you, you pay nothing. 
Is it six? Yeah, because yeah. the dice has so, six outcomes at the end of the day, and they filled all the outcomes. So yeah, because I'm I'm thinking of the number. Yeah, yeah, it was six. It was six. I think so it was basically, five. It was five things that were listed in terms of fines, and the, yeah, yeah, the yeah, whole six, rolling of the dice yeah. was six outcomes. Yeah. Yeah, six outcomes. So there's like five of the the stuff that are listed, and one is like you take if if you get a one, then you you pay no fine. You off clean. Mm-hmm. One, you take a wax. Another one is what's the other one? I don't know. They they listed some their own stuff, but more of the story is that the discipline in there is instilled, dude. Like you don't want to pay three hundred bucks every time. They're like it's mm-hmm. crazy. It's Bad. But another thing that you that you mentioned as well is how um, the coach said that one of his greatest um, lines that he's, he's ever coached was back in '97 when this guy wasn't even chosen for um, to start in the test, and he still celebrated like everyone else, and um, mm. he just mm. showed that you're still a part of the team. Mm. And I think that just shows how much how much a guy puts into a team and and understands that it's not about him. Mm. It's bigger than him, you know. The whole tour is bigger than him, and he knows that he's. Uh, and and with humans, it's it's tough to think this, but he knows that um, I've made it this far, and I'm proud of myself. And for mm. us humans, it's really it's really hard to actually acknowledge where we are, you know, yeah. until something bad happens, and you'd be like, oh shit, I actually made it this far. I actually worked so hard. Yeah. But for someone to actually to live in the moment and not take any opportunity for granted and take nothing else for granted but that i've achieved this and i should be happy and i should manifest so yeah it's yeah, a great it's, documentary it's, it's, a, it's a really good and i think it's some um, it's it's interesting dynamics from a coach's point of view you know because you've got players from four different nations who come from four different national coaches who come from True. number of 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 team code club coaches and stuff like that and you have to get them all singing of the same hymn sheet basically you know mm-hmm. and people like you have different cultures that you have to bring together at the end of the day and it's and to, to, to be able to bring that together and to be able to have them performing at the levels that they do in a lion series is something that personally is you know you have to acknowledge because as much yeah. as as much as the countries are like neighboring each other, you look at how Wales is neighboring, England, England neighboring Scotland, mm. and then Wales versus Ireland being there, like Ireland being in, uh, yeah, in the yeah, island something, there. yeah. It's it's they still have different cultures, they still grow up different, they still True. operate different, they still True. have different personalities and, and stuff like that, you know, and be True. able for them to be able to bring it all together into one mm. machine and them all believing into like one principle and one jersey, one symbol yeah. that represents all of them, and then you know, the pride yeah. they have. It's like you can't speak mm. of it. You know, mm. you can only imagine yeah. the pride that they can have in the players. You know, when they when they wear the jersey and stuff like that. You know? Yeah. And I think for me, probably one of the most telling moments in the documentary. I think, I think it was after the second test. After the second test, when they it was confirmed that they had lost the series. Um. I think it was in a team meeting, you know. Oh yes, yes. So back, yeah, backstory. So in the second test, I mean, you know, we all know that um, series ended two one. They lost the first two tests. So in the second test, um, the the coach was like, like in terms of, you know, you get, they get handed a jersey before, um, so that it's mm. a whole jersey ceremony thing before a test. So he decided that no, 
um, we're not going to do this now. We're going to do this after the match, and we're going to do this after mm -hmm. a victory. You know? We're going to do yeah. this after a match, and we're going to do this as victors at the end of the day. Mm. So I mean, True. they lost the test and everything like that. So they're doing the whole. He's talking about the whole ceremony about guys at the end of the day like we may have lost the series but we still got one more game he's still representing a lot and um you yeah. go out there and be proud of like do the jersey proud do the jersey proud yeah. for people that are in it like they want to pick it up in the next four years you may not be there in the next four years you may True. be there but you must leave the jersey in the better condition that you will find it and stuff like that on those lines you and then he speaks about the pride that he's had in the team, how they've all come together and all of that, you know. And at the end of it, after the whole team leaves, he's like, he's the only one there in the, in, in, um, in the meeting room, you know, and he breaks down as the coach, you know, because mm. he's put in so much, he's put in so much energy and effort into it, and it hasn't resulted in the result it hasn't resulted in the result that they want to do at the end of the day and he was crying he was consoled by the defensive coach sean edwards and it's one of those mm -hmm. moments where you feel about your villa these guys are like, yeah. they, <laughs> they're so invested and like you show invested emotionally because yeah. right at the end of the day like you look at rugby players like throughout the spectrum from under nine through two spring months, mm. I think the passion that you can find there is pretty much similar. You we have that, that attitude of I'll give in everything and I'll die on the field for the person True. next to me. I, I, mean, I won't literally die, yeah. but like you know, I'll put myself through yeah. hell for the person next to me type of vibe, you know. Mm. And it was that thing of you know, it's all come down and crumbled, I'm not successful, and it was technically a failure. And I failed, you know, and stuff like that. And you know, it's just one of those deep moments where you're like, you know, like, yeah, like, yeah, kind of surprise. But, yeah, mm -hmm. it was very, it was very I feel like, deep. I feel like for as long as, as, as I've played rugby, I don't know about you, but I feel like we both, like, I've cried. I've yeah, cried no, definitely. For the jersey, our night. Everyone has cried. Many, like, many a times, many a times. I feel I feel like in society, you know, rugby players are seen as these big macho guys, but Oaks, yeah. these Oaks are teddy bears, bro. They are <laughs> they're soft such as hell, bro. They are the Yo. softest thing in society, guys. These guys are teddy rugby bears, players are guys. Soft, emotionally, guys. Yo. rugby players are emotionally soft, guys. Yo, the stuff that is going around in the change room when the Oaks lose a match or they win a match, these guys cry, guys. Like I used to be, I, 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 I'm still one of those guys. Like I feel like no, we, we put up. <laughs> The tough guy personality, and deep down, the boys know in the locker room everything changes. Yeah, it's wonderful in the locker room, you know? Yeah, but it's it's great, man. It just shows you the 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 aura of rugby, the the what goes around in the change room, you know, the, the culture, the love that goes into mm. the sports, mm. and it's, it's more than the sports. You just mm. can't put in. The, as I'm talking about this, it gives me goosebumps, you know. Mm. And I'm re and. And I'm remembering something from the Auntie movie. Sorry to just like go no, off, no but I'm remembering something in the Auntie movie. Um, when Auntie went back to Gray um, to watch the rugby match, mm. um, and you walked past the boys for stands, it, it felt like I was at school, dude. It, it brought me back to my schoolboy <laughs> days dude. when she was walking through with his wife, and then the boys started clapping. Kata, Auntie, Kata. Then he started. Oh, ah, it's crazy, 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 it's craz
Martin. Yeah, no, yeah, like, one player, like one player's obvious. Like I can look back at probably know every game in which I've shared tears in. Um, mm-hmm. Me too. Start, start, start <laughs> in, <laughs> starting at an under 14 level, I think because that's when I started playing rugby like proper under 14. Uh, wasn't that like that serious? I think because also rugby was new at the, at the primary school that I, that I was at. But yeah, from yeah. under fourteen, at the fourteen season, uh, yeah, no, no, under fourteen season. Okay, so I played under fourteen twice. Um, okay. Because I was a I was a year younger, so under fourteen the first okay. time around, no. Second time around, duh. I think I did in one of the games. I think in the local derby because that's when I that's okay. where I shared the tears. What the local derbies mm-hmm. were because it's that thing of you put in so much, you put in so much into the week. You, you think about that. You think about like like the game itself. You know, you, you put yourself you, in, in, like in your head, all of those emotions, and you think about it. And like you said, we soft people at the end of the day. Yeah, and, you know, yeah. It's just they just. It just overcome you and I can remember like all of them you know three you up under 15 under 16 and in my first in my first year even played for first team <laughs> I remember even um my last derby game against um our rivals Kingswood College um we mm. lost the game <laughs> I remember my like my sister came onto the field because she went to my sister school to our sister school she came onto the field to hug me like like organizations of the game and stuff like that and I was in tears because we had lost a game and it was, it was such a tight game and everything like that you know and yeah, she even yeah. like she even like she even like asked someone to take a picture but I'm trying to now in the picture I'm trying to straighten up my face but the tears are still coming <laughs> and I'm looking ugly as hell I don't even think that picture still existed at the moment but like yeah I know that situation yeah. Happened, but yeah like but I don't think I've cried since high school maybe that was when was the last time I cried, but because that's it's that thing of you you become so invested with the jersey and you connect with yeah. the jersey, whatever jersey you are, and especially in the high school mm. level, you, you have mm. so much mm. pride within the jersey that you're wearing, within the school that you're presenting, and all of that. And that's and that's the part, and that's what you see in in that documentary with the lines to link it back. You know, is that there's yeah. so much pride that they have for that jersey there's so much pride that they have for that badge whatever they're representing when like they're representing all of those four countries all of the people in those four countries you know they're the lucky 31 or 30 people who are privileged enough within that tour and that's another thing about the lions is that it comes every four years you know it's something that's very special yeah, you know, yeah. to, like with the, with, with the spring box if you don't make the spring box this year there's another there's next year you can just keep on going but with the lions you can like you can play the best rugby for life for two years still not make the lions because it comes in four years you know and you got like it's very rare that someone actually tours the same place twice you know because the tours are mm-hmm. so far apart mm-hmm. and they go to australia and they go to new zealand you know i think um it was mentioned in the tour that the only person who was there in 97 in South Africa was Simon Shaw, who was, yeah. who was an English lock, and he was the one who played there. And I think, interesting fact, I think he had, I think he earned his first test cap. Okay, I may be wrong on this, but like from what I heard and what, from what I even from the documentary, to think about someone who toured in 97, probably toured in 2001, probably toured in 95, and toured in 99, and in, in, no, not 2007. No, 97, <laughs> 2001, 2005, and in yeah. 2009, earned his first yeah. test camp. 
2009. Like all of those four mm. tours was there helping niggas. I mean, he did get a jersey, he did play in the warm-up games and all of that. But to earn his first test tour there is probably something special. But yeah, and I think I think there's only going to be one person in next year's tour as well. To also put that into context, who's going to who was there in 2009 is going to be this year. And I think that's um, Alan yeah. Jones, who I think will still be there and will be captain. Most probably, most probably, because yeah. experience, everything, yeah. Mm, experience. Yeah. I think 100%. he's captain the Lions tour as well before. Or captain the game huh. in the Lions tour, yeah. Yeah, but I don't, I don't think the Bok team will change much, eh? Yeah. I don't see it changing much. No, I don't think it will yeah. change much. There will be definitely like more people that are introduced to the side. Um, yeah. In terms of the Bok system. Because also other people... Yeah, because Beast is gone. Yeah, you know, Beast, Beast is, is gone. gone. Uh, I think other people like are probably still gonna stay around just for the top. Like you Dwayne, yeah, yeah, yeah. like you Billy. People who are I think Dwayne is done as well. No, no, Dwayne is still coming back because he's I think from the first of June he's a contracted Bulls player, technically. So I think he's still okay. around within the setup and stuff like that. And I think he's probably looking towards the what was this the twenty twenty. Yeah. Yeah, because he didn't play in the in the 09 one. No, he didn't. He didn't. He played for yeah, he, didn't. he played for Province Stormers in, in the warm-up yeah, game. Was it was actually Province. It wasn't. I mean, it's Stormers at the yeah. time. It was Province. Yeah. No, no, no. Stormers was a thing, but they played against Province because they played against the Hoops. They didn't play against the solid jersey. Oh, oh yes, 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 Western yes, yes. So the badge on the shirt was Western Province. Was VIP, oh yes, 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 yes. It was technically Western yes. Province that they were playing against. Um, and then, because the Stormers is the Super Rugby franchise that represents Western Province VIP, yeah. in, okay. in, in the Super Rugby franchise. It's how, like, mm-hmm. the Bulls and Blue Bulls are, like, technically different things. But they're not. But they're oh, yes. different. Yeah. But they have the same thing. But it's more different with with stormers, with stormers and and province. Because I don't know, like I don't know how true this is. But like I once heard, like back in the day, with with the stormers and 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 province, you get a contract for each. Like as a player, you get a oh, VIP contract and you get a province contract. You a VIP contract and a stormers contract. But I'm not sure if that's the case right now. Or if that's true. That yeah, was yeah. actually the tr- the case back then. But yeah, so he played for he played for Vipia, and then he also played in the emerging box side. Um, yeah, there's there's one moment I think it was with Dwayne with Dwayne for instance. Like yeah, like speaking on Dwayne, one moment where he had a hectic, like a type I would say Titanic clash with um oh yes with Andy Powell um, the eight. Yes, yeah, Andy Powell. It was eight and eight. Yeah, yeah it was eight and eight. It was just like yeah. a boom thing. He knocked him. <laughs> Boy. And that's when two big men, like, go head to head. And it's Alive. just... It's just a collision. It was, it was beautiful to watch. It's basically... It's basically it's basically the the, the physics the physics expression of when an when an unstoppable force means an immovable object. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely, basically, definitely. basically. Yeah. But how? What would? What would you rate this this um this documentary? Out Sorry, of 10? before before we get onto the rating thing, I want to ask you something personally. You know, um, mm-hmm. 
you know in the second okay, i don't know if you know much about this but in the second test like towards the end of the game you know um the score was 20 20 25 25 i think 25 25 i didn't watch it but okay carry on okay yeah i'm gonna explain the story so the score to the 25 25 uh towards the end of the game i think with like a minute to go the ball was kicked over like kicked by, by south africa like a long distance kick into british and irish lines 22 right so rona rogaran mm-hmm. grabs the ball he's got tommy burrow i think on his support and he's got another player coming around who's like at the 22 but like 20 meters away from him type of vibes and but supported coming towards him so you know it was expected and probably the right decision you know to kick the ball out in the full type of vibe because it's a draw you are not you are not down and stuff like that he takes it over the 22 up and under or he catches it about 53 52 meters out but Vernon Agar mm-hmm. takes him out in the air, immediate penalty, Monestain slots it in to win the test. Right. Okay. Yeah. So that was the incident. Um, so I want to ask you now, do you think that the decision that Vernon Agar made to kick the up and under is a bad decision? Because I mean, it's, it's spoken, yeah. it's spoken, yeah, it's spoken, it's, it's, it's you spoken extensively, like how it's a bad decision. Even there's a, like, I think... I saw a video today um, on Twitter of, of Brian Abana speaking about the whole situation, saying that he felt it was like a ridiculous decision, a very reckless decision, a very confusing it decision was. because he expected the it ball was. to be kicked out and everything like that. He even recalls the Lions players shouting to Rona Agarra to, to kick it out on the field type of that. Why would you say it's a bad decision? I think it's a bad decision because if you look at, um, okay, I'm going to go back to the, to the Cheetahs match. Remember yes. the Cheetahs match? I think the one wing was was in Dungani because he had he had um, Daniel Dimas. It was Daniel Dimas. Uh, it was, but but he looks like Dungani. Dimas. Okay, <laughs> so 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 Dimas had the ball right, and he has the pace to run acro- along the line right mm-hmm. and go score. He yeah. he had the pace. There were two guys coming for him. I understand, but he had the pace to go through. He was beating them basically, mm-hmm. and he kicked and he kicked it too much. That's the thing, right? Which that was a reckless decision. Number one, you didn't have to kick. Even if you get tackled out, it's fine, right? Um, it's their ball, whatever. The, the, the mm-hmm. game goes on. Mm-hmm. Now you've kicked. Now it's their twenty-two and everything. It's their twenty-two meter dropout. Okay. To go back to your situation, I think it's a very reckless decision. Reason being that when you are losing or it is a draw, and you want to win the match, right? Usually you'd keep ball in hand. And play a phase. That's what happens. And you play phases okay. until you get something, or, or, or and, until you milk a penalty. Mm. So someone is going to infringe because everyone is tired. Everyone wants the game to be done. Someone will make a stupid mistake, and you get a penalty, and then you can snort it in. Mm. Now, why are you kicking it up and under when it's the dying seconds of the match? They can easily get it. They can easily collect it, turn over, and start their own um, phases or whatever, mm. right? And infringe a penalty. Basically, that, that's what happened against them. They infringed. South Africa got a penalty and they slotted in just mm. like that. Why the they do that for the Yeah, very, very, very reckless. Very reckless. There's okay. there's no justification for that. You should have just kicked I it out. Honestly speaking, can I tell you? I'd, I'd rather take it off than a loss any day. Can I tell you what I think? I don't think it's a bad what decision. Do you think? On both kicks that you're talking about, 
I've thought of the Daniel Dimas one. Daniel Dimas is, I would say, he's a club rugby legend type of vibes. You know, at club okay. rugby level, he's he's a legend. And even playing the the amount of teams that like the amount of games that he's played at a professional Super Rugby, I don't know how much Super Rugby he's played, but Kari Cup is is held very highly, especially someone who's played for many years in. Um, in Division One, you know, for like the smaller unions and stuff like that, he's he's a he's, he's he's technically a legend in in that sphere. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He didn't have. I mean, he had the pace, right? He had the space. I don't think him kicking the ball was necessarily a bad decision because of the cross cover, right? But the kick is not a problem. It's a type of kick. No, 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 no. Wait, hear me out. Hear me out. Hear me out. I don't think that grabber kick was a bad decision because the cross cover, I think, was going to get to him before he got to the line. Definitely. Right? In that game. You you can argue about that. Cross cover cover was going to get to him before he got to the line. Right? And most likely take him out before he can actually score. You know, this is before the times where you have the super the superman finishes stuff like that true i mean okay. in but today's world you have someone like Nehem and oscada someone like naholo in that same position someone yeah. like rika yoani in that position like i mean you don't have to kick it away boy. but like with him 2009 i think it wasn't a bad decision i think he fucked it up excuse my french um by kicking it too heavy because he kicked it Way, mm, way, mm, way. Mm, 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 mm. You pushed it. You pushed it. <laughs> no, no, listen. <laughs> it is head. He thought, he, like, I can imagine. He probably thought, I don't want to kick this short. So let me yeah. give it, let me give it some. some let me give it some. Yeah. Let me give it. Yeah. But he gave too much. Then the ball went dead, dog. And he had no chance of, of, of scoring a try. I think he had, if he had. 10% less 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 force on on, on that grabber and the he was going to collect it he was going to yeah. collect it and score the try brilliant try right i don't think it was the wrong decision for him to kick i think the kick was the problem right um onto the chip kick would have worked yes onto <laughs> i also don't think ronan algara made a, a bad decision with the kick but why? i think no, the reason why is that okay first of all you must also remember that this is 2009. We're not talking about 2019, 2020, 2018, whereby position is key. Like position is key. Of course, position was key at that time, but kicking was territory. Kicking and territory was also very key in that time. You know, the box won the 2007 World Cup with the boot. At the end of the day, they had a very good boot. Super rugby. The Bulls had whitewashed. Like that's not whitewashed, washed like a lot of the teams in the Super Rugby, especially the Chiefs in the final. They scored 61 points. I mean, they ran a lot, but their game was based on forward, like a dominant forward game and a very good kicking game. You know, to put yourself in the position, mm-hmm. in the best position to be able to score. You know, it's easier to score a try when you're 20 meters out than when you're 70 or 50 meters out. Type of vibe. You know. So for him to kick that up and under, I don't think it was a bad it was a bad decision. It was it became a bad decision. Or the, the, the decision that was a bad one is him taking out for a degree in the air. Which is my issue. 
Right. Mm. I don't think him kicking the up and under was a bad decision because there's also a good chance of him achieving the ball because also it wasn't like it wasn't necessarily a bad kick in my opinion because like as as soon as Fury caught the ball, he caught it in the air. Ronan was already there, right? Mm-hmm. There's Habana in support on on Fury's left, basically, and then Bismarck was coming around the corner, right? The rest of the South African players are at least ten meters away from the point of the ball, basically, you know. Mm-hmm. And at that point, you have about five lines playing. At least four of them are forwards, right? One of them being Alan Wynn Jones, who someone in terms of the rack is is is, is, is well known, you know, to, like is a good rack. Yeah. So you've got you've got the opportunity to be able to retain the ball by catching it first of all. You've got the opportunity if you don't catch it, and the position catches it for a knock on. Secondly, thirdly, you've got the position like winning the ball by stealing it. Or fourthly, earning like fourthly earning a turnover by a steal. Um, no, wait, I just said that in three. Um, fourthly is counter rack, winning the ball through a counter rack, and fifthly earning mm. a penalty, however way, yeah. through the side of whatever and stuff like that. So the chances of him retrieving the ball weren't too bad, which is why I don't think it's a bad decision to actually kick that up and under. I think at the end of the day. The bad decision was him taking Fury Dupuy out in the air, and then when you look at everything in hindsight, and you think, "Wait, this man actually kicked the ball out in the four, then it's a different ball story, you know, type of vibes. I think yeah. I think the decision is made bad in hindsight, and then and also looking at the whole situation as a whole type of vibe. But when you look at the okay. kick itself. I don't think it was a bad decision. Even when he kicked the ball, where he was, I think he was like five, six, seven meters outside of his twenty-two when he kicked the ball. And I said, like I said, that there was um, one player in 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 was this, I think when Tommy Bell was in support. There's there's another player. I think with number twenty-two. I forgot who who was wearing the jersey and on that day who was coming into support. Those are the only people who are back. And then you've got your nine, who's already behind the chasing line of the Springboks, which has, I think it had like four to five players, one of those players being Busso. So running okay. it for me okay. was not the option. Like running it is probably okay. the worst option in my idea, and keeping position, probably the worst option in my idea. Probably okay. kicking but, for touch initially. But at the same time, we will not know if you wanted to win the game. So if you wanted to become a hero, you should have ran it, to be honest with you. If you really wanted but like, to. But do, do you really take that risk of running it out of your own 22 when your forwards are on, 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 like checking back and you already won or down in the series? Hence why I say if you want to be a hero, then run it forward. But don't, but don't kick it. But are you going right? to be a hero and, and, if you run it? Is my question because that's a part that I like. Since I struggle in, to no, understand because no, no. I was having this same conversation with a friend of mine. Thing in, in 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 my head, right? What makes sense is that when you kick a ball, especially an up and under, not mm-hmm. kicking it out anything, especially an up and under, you need to understand that you're giving away a hundred percent possession of the ball no, that you have in your hand. Running with, listen, listen, okay, listen, listen. And the moment you boot it up in the air, it becomes a fifty-fifty. Now okay. it's win or lose. 
right? The odds are, are split on the same ends. Yes. And for him, he lost. He yes. lost. Yes. They collected the ball, right? And he just gave away possession. When commentators go back to the game, they're going to say he threw away possession. They're not going to say, no, he, he, he could have done something. They're going to say, no, he threw away possession. And South Africa basically won okay, the game. Now, now I want to ask you, did he throw away possession by kicking the ball away or not retrieving the kick that he made? He threw it away by, by he, he was gambling with the ball. So basically, by kicking it, he threw away position. So you like okay. So for instance, if he had kicked it out, like if he he was in his twenty two, kicked it off with touch, you don't agree with that decision as well. Yeah, I, I, I don't. I, it was, was going to be out anyways. It was before the rugby rules of tapping it then kicking out. Then that would no, have no, been a thing. That would be Like it no, was. No, sorry, like, that's all. That's that's all. That's off a penalty. But if he kicked it out, the game would have been called. No, it wasn't. It wasn't over yet. It wasn't over over yet. Yeah, it was like it was in the seventy ninth minute. It was in the seventy ninth minute when the incident happened, you know, like the kick and the penalty. And by the time yeah. Bodistein had slotted the kick over, it had passed eighty minutes, so the game was over technically. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So if kicking for touch. The, if he had since, kicked for touch, say, if he had kicked for touch while he was in his twenty two, that's kicking position away as well. When you okay, have yeah, when this, you have a Springbok side that this. is very that is very four dominated and line out dominated, you know, I had Victor Matthews and Bakis Porter at their prime. I, I had a on the side as well. In terms of your line out options and stuff like that, do you still take that option, or you say that option it. is bad? Yes, yes, you do. Yes, you do. Must I tell you why? Why? It's because the moment you kick it, the, the the moment you kick it for touch, yes, South Africans have a high chance of winning the ball. Yes, they're going to win the ball. But what what South Africans would have done, they would have gotten they, they, they would have gone for the draw, especially if you got some distance in it. No, they, they wouldn't have gone for it. the draw though. They wouldn't have gone they for the draw have. because no, no. Can I tell you why they wouldn't have gone for the draw? Because Mornay Stein had, I think, six fifty-seven meter drop kick attempt that was shambled in the seventy seventh minute or something like that. So they were trying to go for a win, but like. It's not like they were trying to go for a win in close quarters. Mornay Stain dropped into the pocket 57 meters out and tried a drop goal that was well short, well short. So they were also going but, for the game. So it wasn't going to be a, like, I mean, we don't know if it was going to be a draw, but yeah. But what I'm saying is that if the ball was in South Africa's five position, no, no, not in fact, if, if, if it was in South Africa's 10 or 22, they would have kicked it. They would have kicked it away. Because they, they, they knew that okay. if they infringed here, but the kick is not going to reach the 10 or 20, the, the 22 though. From, huh? from, from British and Irish Lions 22, I think the best outcome of kick to touch is around about 10 to 15 meters from the halfway line in Springbok 22. Drew, we're not gonna end yet. Trust me, bruh. I'm telling you, this is a bad decision, Sandy. If you were a coach and you were coaching a young side, would you have wanted him to kick? Would you yes. have wanted him to kick? Yes. Can I explain why? Not run it up. Not yes. run it up. Can I explain why? Or kick it out to be the, safe. No, no, no. I'm, okay, wait. I'm not saying kicking it out is not the better option. I think it is the better option. But I don't think the up and under is a bad option as well. Because it's a very one, bad option, bro. Huh? No, How not many times option. do you guys think okay, wait, about also, it? If, but also Pepsi, Pepsi, if it was wait, Israel wait, Palau Pepsi, who keeps it, Pepsi, then I'd be like, okay, Pepsi, cool, Pepsi, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> Think of the times that we are talking about. We're talking about 2009. We're not talking about 2018. I said this. We're not talking about 2018. We're talking about 2009 at this time. You know, we're kicking 
kicking up and unders, kicking for territory was a big thing where players okay. under the ball weren't as comfortable as they are at the moment type of vibes, you know. And you yeah. then look at yeah. the percentages that they that they have. I mean, I can okay, this is not gonna be like really futile, but like in terms of the percentages of them retaining the ball from that up and under, personally I feel they're very like they're relatively high. Black because I think I've explained the situation is that if Ronan Algaro yeah. made a clean tackle on on um, a clean legal tackle on um Fury Dupree because his tackle was technically clean as well, you know, it's just not legal. Um if he made a, a clean tackle on Fury Dupree, you got Brian Abana, who is a back at like at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Who's, who's going to be sealing for that board? You've got Bismarck to see who's on the comeback, so he has to come back around. So, like, I mean, if he comes back in, like, enters the gate in the wrong way in terms of defending, that's a penalty conceded, you know. So that's two people mm-hmm. that are around the situ- around the ball at the time, and you had about five lines there, excluding Ronan Ogara, five lines against two people. One of them who still has to come around you when you're going forward. James, come on. Okay, okay, wait. You, the ball you know really what? High, I personally believe. Okay. So that's why I don't think it was a bad kick in general. And think about the times, okay. 2009. Like, you're kicking to a forward appear. Short forward appear is good under the high ball. But, like, it's not, it's not like a Israel Falau. It's not a... It's not a Ben Smith. It's not a Valerio type of okay. vibe, type okay. of type of player under a high ball. To, you know, you know, earlier on, so. earlier on, earlier on, we spoke about we spoke about being in the position Irish Lions side is bigger than you. You know, and it's about the team. Firstly, he went against his team's wishes what were by his kicking team's the wishes? ball. You said you said this. If you if you track back, you said I mean, I mean, you the said team that on the team. field shouted yes, yeah. but like I mean, kick it if, out, kick it out. If you okay. have the ball, the, you are the one who decides. Like it's okay, it's, yeah, like saying, it's like saying it's like saying that um, in a move, yeah, you let's say for argument's sake, you play twelve or something like that. You know, you run mm-hmm. a move and you get the ball. According to the move, you, your next thing is a pass, but you see a gap and you take that gap. But then, when, by the time you take that gap, it closes, and the other gap opens. Are you at fault? I mean, yes, you at fault. But like you saw the gap, you made the decision. It wasn't a bad decision to make at the okay, time true, you made the decision. True, true. The result because, of the decision because are the bored. bad ones, and that's the thing about hindsight. You look at it and you're like, you could have done better. But at the time. That's what I'm at going the time. at. Okay, is that at the time, when Ronald picked that ball up and was running back, the kick wasn't a bad decision. Looking from his perspective, he's got four Springboks coming at him at the moment in terms of chasing. One of them is Brousseau. His four packers on the other side of that. He's got one person next to him. He's got the next person who's about 20 meters away. His line is that just behind the, the, chain, the chasing line. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just end the discussion. I'll tell you why. Yeah. I'll tell you why. why? Because he's at the back. His forward pack is in front of him, right? Immediately they're offside. Why are you kicking? Let's start there, right? Sharp. But the you put them onside. No. Listen, 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 listen. The moment you kick it, sharp. You pass them, you put them onside. Sharp. Now they must, your, your forward pack must just react now, okay? You commit a penalty. What's going to happen now? You fucked, right? But if you kicked it out, much better. The balls are in front of you. Everyone's gonna jog to the line. Done. 
right? We play the game from there. But now I understand in hindsight, it's it's it, it looks it looks like it's a, it's a reckless decision. But in the in the moment, with the adrenaline going through, and you in the moment thinking, yeah, it's fine, it's good to kick now. Sharp, you can look at it from that way. It it you could back it up with some justice. But 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 listen, what I will do. I will find that footage and I'll put it up on the FTS page, on the Instagram page, and, sure. I, and we'll ask the people. We'll no, ask that's the people fine. That's fine. That's fine. That's fine. Because me, because you and I are not gonna put, are not gonna see eye to eye right no, now. No, we're not. We're not. We're not. Yeah. Because we're gonna go back and forth for like three yeah. hours. <laughs> Literally, yeah. But that's the thing. Like, yeah. I don't disagree with you. Kicking for touch is probably the best option. Option. Especially yeah. in hindsight, especially looking at everything that happened. But for Most me, I feel, point, that, yeah. I feel that with Ronan Algar is that he made the decision, okay, wait, I'm going to run it up, kick and up and under. Then once he was out of the 22, he realized, about, oh shit. And like, I mean, you probably could hear about his, like, um, the, like his teammates are saying, kick it out. Because his teammates were around about halfway line when he was when he got the ball basically you know when they were tracking back so for them for you for some for you to hear someone who's 20 30 meters away is is really tough on the field you know like even though they're sharp to kick the ball out you know and stadium at loftus at the time you know yeah so yeah, yeah. i think he realized after he had crossed the 22 that oh shit, the better option is to keep I, I fucked up yeah you know? better option is to kick out then in doing that he tried to make up for his mistake and him making up for his mistake it caused him to fuck up and, and, and concede the penalty that he I think that's what yeah. happened yeah. I think that's what okay. happened personally let's end I don't, it yeah, let's that's, end and, and that's what I think that's what I say I don't think the cake in itself was a bad decision I think everything that happened around it made it a bad decision especially him considering the penalty you know but yeah we'll ask yeah. to the people but but what, what what still sticks out is that he realized that he made a bad decision yeah so no that's why so, i mean i don't i don't yeah. i don't that's what i said I, I i think i said it earlier on kicking for touch is the best is probably the best, is decision. The best decision and i yeah. agree with that and i yeah. agree with you it's probably the best decision my problem is that i don't think the up and under was a bad decision just because the other mm. one is a better decision doesn't mean the lesser the other better is, decision yeah. is, is is a bad decision. It's just a worse off decision yeah. between the two. You know. Yeah. It's like yeah. you know comparing yeah. comparing a try and a penalty. You still get yeah, points true. at the end of the true. day. Like sure, end of the you day, get more yeah, points true. with a try. Like if for instance you are. Um, in 22 but this was match out, winning you know, that's the problem for, goal, <laughs> for instance like i mean yeah like i mean for instance if you go for a a penalty instead of going for touch you know, and slotting the three points in yeah the try is the better option because you get more points but the three the three points it's, is not a bad it's idea it's it's basically an instance of you get a penalty it's either you slot it through the poles or you take a tap and go basically tap and yes go. yes and then you score a try from the tap and go yeah just because yeah, you took yeah, the three yeah, points yeah. doesn't yeah. mean the three points are a bad decision yeah. because so the, the tap and go was a bad decision yes. yeah that's yeah. my point yeah. that's my point okay that's i get you exactly. i get you now yes. i'm not yeah you now. but but just, i don't think it was but, but i'll still put it up on the fts instagram page i'll still put it up there and we'll have a quiz if you yeah, no, we have a poll. We have a poll. That's one. We'll have a poll. We'll have a poll. We'll have a poll. But going back. Yeah. 
brilliant documentary. What are you rating it? Oh, by the way, this is um, Living. What's this? Living for Pride. I think it's Living. Living the Pride. Lions Living the living Pride. The pride yeah. documentary, which you can find yeah. on YouTube. Yeah. Right you can find it on YouTube as well. Mm. Mm. What do you um, rate it? So, I'll give it an eight. Solid eight. A solid, solid eight. A solid one. For the for, and and I'll tell you why. For the raw uncutness, done. Just for the raw uncut footage. Yeah, yeah. Because it's very raw. It's very very raw. Yeah. Raw. Um. Personally, I'll probably give it. I'll give it a, a low nine. <laughs> so it's a nine. A low nine. No, like like. Like for instance, if we were being specific, give it an eight point five, dude. No, no. If we were being okay, if we're being specific, I'll give it an eight point nine, which rounds it up to a nine type of vibe, nine, or a nine point yeah, one, yeah. which rounds it down to a nine. So I'm saying nine, nine, yeah. nine type of vibes. But yeah, nine. give it nine out of ten. Very good documentary. Very raw, like you said. Very good yeah. insight on a British Lions tour, on a rugby tour, on the players, mm. on what mm. goes into it, the practice. Just the general camaraderie with the players. That's also something you, you get to experience. Yeah. The player camps, them going out to like safaris, them going out to, to schools, to places in South Africa yeah. and stuff like that, and then the rugby as well. And I think that's what also makes that bumps up the bumps up my rating is that the rugby was also top quality even the, 100%. the feelings in the dressing room everything that they went through in the dressing room the speeches that they have um yeah. donka's speech brian o'driscoll's speech when they were both captains of the matches they were in and paul o'connell's speech you know ian mcclellan's speech when he was when mm. he, like as the head coach the speech of warren gatlin like Oh, just, everything was just great. Everything was just top notch, top notch. Hundred percent. Yeah. So, guys, that was our review of um, the Hansi movie and the British and Irish Lions uh, tour to South Africa, two thousand and nine. Please tell us what you think. Um, please make sure to go get this um, podcast Monday, Monday four o'clock. Being yeah, uploaded. yeah. By the time you guys listen to this, isn't we like this is coming out on Monday four o'clock. <laughs> So, uh, by, by the time you get to this part, and it's probably past four o'clock. Yeah, yeah, yeah 100%. And how long are you going to keep the poll up? That's the thing. Because, like, okay, I rate, personally, we put the poll up tomorrow. Yeah, sorry to digress. Up to? We, we put the poll up tomorrow. We can't put it up tonight because. Okay, we'll put it up tomorrow. To tomorrow morning. Yes. No, not tomorrow morning. After the part, like at four, when the podcast drops, okay, we put cool. the poll up as well. The people who okay. listen to the podcast, they are what we're talking about, and they like okay. actually go votes. No, I'll, hours. I'll put the video up as well. I'll put the video up. Yeah, yeah, even video, if you, yeah. yeah. But yeah, yeah um, this is from the stands episode four. Four. Yeah, yeah. episode four. This is a review of Hansi movie and living the life, living with pride. Nice documentary, two thousand and nine. Um, hope you guys enjoyed the episode. Um, hope you guys enjoyed this new format and this new series that we're actually kind of doing. Really enjoying it, definitely. Yeah. You know, the watching of this, like watching of these sports um, movies and documentaries, and actually having to talk about them and recommend them to you. Something that's very nice from our point of view, I would say. Um, yeah. Yeah. I hope you enjoyed. Keep it locked in. Follow us on our socials. Your socials, Pepsi. Um, bendulo.busane on Instagram and on Twitter it's bendulo underscore B which is Mfanaka Koko 
Yo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, make sure you follow us on Twitter at FTSportscast. Follow our Instagram page Instagram page from the Stats Podcast. We have got quite some interesting lives going on this week. That's gonna be that's gonna be good. So I'll bring some more content to you guys in this time of lockdown, you know, with no sports. Oh, Bundesliga is coming back next week, so be on the lookout for that. Uh, live sports is back again. And then follow me on my socials at underscore Sandy A underscore both on Instagram and Twitter. Um, I think my Instagram name is that guy. Yeah. But sure, guys, this was from the stand episode four. <laughs> this was from the stand episode four. Hope you guys enjoyed it. We did. And yeah, shout out.